0: Oh, hello there. It's Mr. Warren Hayes here, and it is time once again for another AEW Dynamite review here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or on your favorite podcast application wherever you decide to jump in and, and and get my get my pithy thoughts on AEW Dynamite. Hope you're having a good week so far. Hope things are going well. Hope they're going well to the point that you're like, you know what, I want to spread this good feeling around and give Warren a like on YouTube.com slash Hayes, Or, you know, might even go ahead and, and subscribe to the channel. That's how good I feel. Or maybe you feel even that as good as wanting to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. By God, man, those things are fantastic and help out tremendously. You know, if you're... I mean, you know i if, if you're having a good week why not spread that around and why not why, why not position me as one of your top beneficiaries of that good mood right sure um oh, um still writing the forbidden door high here uh but uh, uh you know not necessarily going to unless there's things that are really relevant we're not going to be talking about uh, Forbidden Door here. I reviewed it completely on the podcast this week on the main show, uh, which you can listen to right now. It's available on uh, on demand on YouTube in your podcast feeds as well. It's all there, and I, I talked a substantial amount about it. So it's all right there for your for your joy, your pleasure, your consumption. I'm excited. Uh, I, I, I'm I excited for you to go check it out But in the meantime, I'm excited to talk about last night's Dynamite Because yes, today is Thursday It is June 29, forgot to mention that So that means that we are reviewing the June 28th Dynamite Which is the uh, Forbidden Door After Show No, not After It is the Dynamite After Forbidden Door <laughs> Which is not really a thing From um, From Hamilton, Ontario In the First Ontario Centre uh, 3,828 tickets, according to WrestleTix, have been distributed for a capacity of 5,278. It's not not terrible. It's not great either. It's very much in the uh, uh, in and about the capacities that AW pull off. And uh, as I'm recording this, well, tonight is the uh, is the second Hamilton show, the uh, Collision taping tonight uh which a lot of people are anticipating with bated breath because uh you know the extremely poor attendance for the show was quite the story but uh look, we'll see how it all turns out they, there have been more tickets sold you know uh hopefully hopefully uh, the good vibes around um around forbidden door will help hopefully CM Punk will help but uh i don't know if last night's dynamite would help push tickets for tonight I feel like I'm on a little bit of an island in regards to uh, last night's edition of uh, of the flagship show, AEW's flagship show. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a mediocre show. I, I you know ec- excellent opener, great finish, uh, main event, I should say, uh, but everything in between was very sloppy. Um I, I didn't think it was all that great a show and i i was a little taken aback at how little it really came across as how how little it was how how little it how little the energy of forbidden door carried onto the show it, it the, this crowd you know the, i felt this the the these um that i felt the vibes were off even for you know for a typical dynamite i felt the vibes were off i felt that people looked exhausted uh there was just something wrong with last night's show i didn't care for it and there's a lot of stuff also that we're going to talk about that wasn't particularly great and it's weird, like I said, I feel like I'm on an island because, you know, of course, I, you know, hang out in the Discord, in the Mr. Warren Hitch Show Discord link is in the description. If you want to join, you'd be more than, than welcome to come, to come hang out. Um, you know, and people were very excited for things where I was like, no, this seems kind of bad. <laughs> this doesn't seem very good to me. That's why I'm saying I feel like I'm on an island here. look let's let, let, let's break down some stuff here let's get with it the opener was john moxley defeating Tomohiro ishii and uh, hot opener jesus christ what a great match to start this off what a match absolutely ruled got me jacked for the rest of the show they chopped the shit out of each other to start and mox is red and mox's chest is red like almost from the get-go which is great um, and the BCC, the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club, Yuta and uh, Claudio, of course. Danielson's not going to be around, I don't think, for a while with that uh, with that um, break that he suffered in his arm. Uh, you know, the uh, they, they they hover over Ishii, the BCC. Uh, they you know keep yeah, they're not necessarily attacking him, but they're coming in close ref is pushing them away so eddie kingston eventually comes out sort of eating you know even the odds and make sure that they don't get involved and then the great part of all of this is that throughout the entire time that eddie kingston is ringside claudio castagnoli just locks his eyes on him and does not budge and he is stoic and poker faced and just like menacing just keeping his eyes locked on kingston the entire way i thought that was great ishii hits a superplex mox gets a gotch pile driver in here back suplex by tomohishi tomohiro ishii mox gets back up german my by mox ishii gets back up king con lariat by mox knocks ishii over cover by mox but ishii kicks out at one i'll never get bored of those kinds of sequences these things rule these fighting spirit segments, I love this shit. They do some pretty hard headbutts on each other, and Mox gets split open hard way, right? Because he has a he has stitches, but they open them up, and Ishii's got blood on his own forehead. And I found the headbutts to be a little rough. I found, and there's a ton of ways you can get hurt in pro wrestling, right? And I think you know creating head trauma is one of those easy ways to make it happen and it can cause serious damage i wasn't necessarily a fan of this i don't like and you know maybe i still have Katsuyuri shibata too close on the on the mind but i don't like like stiff hard headbutts i don't i never they always make me you know they, they make my skin crawl because i know how devastating this all can turn out to be so but i mean this was hard-hitting and fantastic and brutal and intense and high elevation death rider by john moxley gets the win and after the match well you know mox and eddie kingston they jawjack at each other i think it's a nice little interesting wrinkle here in this uh, in this feud that um, that Kingston has with uh, Castagnoli, right? And you're adding in the Mox situation, and we're not done talking about it, by the way. Of course, if you've watched the show, but it's a nice little wrinkle that they're adding in here. Is like you know Eddie still you know still still loves Mox. They're still like buds. I mean, look, this match was great. Got me fired up, got that audience fired up. I was jacked for this show. I was like, holy shit, let's go. Boy, was I in for a surprise. Renee Paquette is uh, backstage. Well, actually, like in the parking lot, a loading area. She wants to interview Adam Cole. And just as she starts, a car pulls up and MJF comes out of it. Congratulates Adam Cole on getting sick for Forbidden Door. He says, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> right? Because uh, MJF didn't want to work the match. It's like, why didn't I think of... Uh, he says uh, he thinks he being MJF, he and Cole got off uh, on the wrong foot in the tag tournament. And it's a huge opportunity for them because uh, they could run this place, entire company together, because they're that good. I mean, Cole isn't on the level of the devil, but he's still, you know. So he's, he wants uh, he and Adam Cole to do a little bonding this weekend, bro to bro. Like, let's hit the dirt. Let's get the hell out of here. And Cole agrees to it. He says, Look, I just got to go say hello to a few people and then I'll come meet you back. Next to Sure, Sure. And he's super excited. He says, Look, I even got some t shirts done. Better than you, Bay Available now on shopaw.com. So, if look, if you're going to do the can they coexist situation, might as well go all ham on it, right? Just like fully commit to it. And I think two extremely talented personalities like Adam Cole and MJF have the chops to pull it off. Should we talk about the the the, the segment? I think we'll talk about the, the 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 other segment from later on in the evening. We'll just combine them both, and we'll be done with it. And then we'll, I'll you know, it'll sum up my full thoughts here because I feel like otherwise I'm sort of leaving things behind. Uh, a little later on in the evening, Roderick Strong runs into Adam Cole in the same parking lot, right? And he's questioning Cole's sanity for doing this stuff with MJF. But Cole says, don't worry, I'm playing along. I'm just playing along. I've got this, you know, kind of thing. Adding to the idea that Adam Cole knows how to play MJF, right? This is is part of the story that they're telling here. And he's questioning Cole's... uh, No, sorry. And Strong says, but what if... You know, we're talking about this now, but what if MJF watches this back? But then MJF arrives... And he calls calls Roderick, hey, he calls Roderick Strong, hey, generic white guy. (laughs) Uh, But uh, MJF and Cole eventually get into the SUV and they leave. Um, um, But before leaving, Adam Cole, you know, as MJF is going away, tells Roderick Strong, he ain't watching the show kind of thing. So I think this, look. Because when I was looking at this, I was like, mm, I, "These invisible cameras, this thing where you know nobody watches it." So, because usually in AEW, they if stuff happens on camera, they're going to reference it the next week, right? It's like with uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis before they split up. You know, when Callis did the 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 the, the, the fake pinning stuff and all that. You know, we were like, "Oh." Well, Kenny aren't you seeing what's going on kind of thing And then Kenny the week after was like Yes I saw it You know I watched the tape So I believe here That this is going to eventually bite Adam Cole in the ass Where he's going to end up He's thinking that MJF is not going to go back and watch this But MJF will go back and watch this Because I think MJF is setting up an elaborate ruse here right? Because he was too smiling, go, go, bro, you know, very, you know, let's go do all sorts of shit kind of things. Like, yeah, pal. He was leaning too hard into this. And I think this is MJF who is going to manipulate Adam Cole this time into doing what he wants, into thinking that they're friends, whatever, so that he can get a mental upper hand. He's going to pay back adam cole for adam cole playing him like a fiddle and now that adam cole outright said i'm playing him like a fiddle or not outright but he implied it right oh i'm just going to go along with this we'll see you know kind of thing you know damn well mjf is going to run this back he might not reference this for a couple of weeks but when the hammer falls i'm sure mjf is going to cut something into a promo and say you don't think i was going to go back and watch tape kind of thing Because this is going to work for a while. But it's not going to ultimately work. Like I said last week. I think MJF... And I wouldn't be surprised if if they... They being Cole... Uh, uh, Cole and, and, and MJF... I wouldn't be surprised that they make it to the finals. That they fight. FTR. But MJF throws the fight. Because he doesn't care. Because he's the world champion. That's the only title that matters to him. He doesn't want any of this stuff, and he'll throw the fight and he'll fuck over Adam Cole. So I think that's very interesting. I think it's I think it's an interesting way to approach it, and hopefully it will be good. Um, but I, I like like I said, I already find this to be interesting. We'll see. Renee Paquette is backstage and she's with the the Blackpool Combat Club and she's just like, Mox, what the hell is going on? And they're like, oh shit, we're getting some, I I thought this was interesting, right? Where she's not like doing her professional setup with the microphone. You know, this is her, you know, her crazy ass husband. And she's like, why did you headbutt that guy? No, she didn't say that. But, you know, and she just drops the act and she's like, Mox, what the fuck is going on? She didn't say fuck. The BCC look on at this. And then uh, Eddie Kingston arrives. And he says, look, I saved you from the bucks at Forbidden Door because nobody kicks your ass but me. <laughs> and then he, you know, he's, he continues accusing him of running with scumbags like Claudio. They argue, mock says, nobody cares about some Shakara bullshit from 10 years ago. What a great line. He walks off, and Renee jabs Eddie in the chest, and she's like, "You need to fix this." Is it continuously, perpetually? The Blackpool Combat Club stuff on AEW television has been the most consistent, best stuff in the entire company. It has never wavered. It has never been, eh, It's always been good to excellent. And we're continuing here. I don't know what the wrinkles here are. I don't know what it implies, but this is all really fucking good shit, pal. We get a video of Kenny Omega talking about his loss this weekend saying that Will was the better man but more and um, most importantly Kenny Omega saying we're not done yet There you go El Higo del Vikingo Keith Lee and Orange Cassidy defeated the Jericho Appreciation Society trio of Angelo Parker, Matt Menard and Daniel Garcia This match was a bit of a miss wasn't it Bit of a miss Vikingo like is babyface in peril pretty much for the entirety of the match, but uh, this was the most tepid Vikingo performance I have seen in a while. Now, on top of that, there was a bit of a botch where Keith Lee was supposed to catch Vikingo off of a Topikun Hilo and then use him like as a as a weapon to swing at at the other dudes. They did it anyway. You, you know when when Keith Lee um when Keith Lee sort of resented himself whatever and he picked up the kingo and they did the spot and it was like oh that's what they were supposed to do Th- this really didn't have the energy I, and it felt off and it felt it felt sloppy I guess the work was okay in general I don't know I don't know I this I just was excited for this match. I thought, oh, let's go. But, you know, elements just didn't connect. Things just didn't feel fun. And don't, you know, the work, I guess, was okay, like I said, but felt sloppy. I don't know. Keith Lee lands the jackhammer for the win. Didn't do much for me. We're backstage with the Hung Bucks, who are putting up a TRIO's open challenge. And then the Dark Order arrive. They're a little bitter about Hangman Adam Page not uh, not giving them any news, not calling them for a month or hanging out with them, you know, just to go, you know, run back to the Young Bucks, right? Scorned lover type of thing. Page says, look, it's not about them being the Dark Order. It's about fighting the, the, the BCC. And Reynolds eviscerates him when, when Paige says, what am I, your babysitter? And he says, oh, is this what it was? We were your friends. We were there when you were at your lowest point, brother. And I'm like, ooh, that's going to that's gonna stab our millennial cowboy right in the heart here. We got a recap of uh, Brian Danielson beating Kazuchika Okada with a broken freaking arm. <laughs> I'm not doing that ever again. I, can't, I cannot stand that. I... I think it was funny, like, the first five times I heard it. But then it's, it's brought up every single time when it comes to Kurt Angle. And with a broken freaking neck and always in that cadence. And, I, and I'm like, all right. Rene Paquette is backstage with... Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho and Jericho is talking about primordial ooze and white paint Do you want to get dirty let's get dirty and René Paquette is corpsing and Guevara does nothing this whole thing was very weird I don't know why we watched that I I I I feel like it's one of these promos that Jericho just painted himself into a corner he's like oh alright you want to get dirty? Let's get dirty. Let's take this white face paint, put it in the dirt. Like, what? You know. The Hung Bucks defeat the Dark Order. This was this was pretty good. Nick does lucha things with Alex Reynolds. Double dies to the floors by the uh, Young Bucks and Hangman is unsure about fighting his friends, which pisses off Matt. in the match eventually. Evil Uno does goad Page into a fight, running Senton off the apron by Uno. The lightning chain offense sequence by the Beaver Brothers follows as well. Hangman is hesitant to land the Buckshot Lariat on John Silver, so Silver lands a a, a Rana instead. The Dark Order fight back, but uh, the Bucks land the BT trigger and Page, the Buckshot Lariat for the win. After the match, though, the BCC hit the ring again and attacked the Elite. Let's keep going. I I'm. A, I love this feud so much. I think it's great. And the Dark Order bails here. They're, they, they're in the ring. They're looking at Hangman get beat up. Get fucked over with a screwdriver to the head. They're like, no, we're good. They leave. Kingston tries to make a save. But Claudio Castagnoli and Yuta... Double team him. Claudio actually sits on top of Eddie Kingston. He has a chair. He unfolds it, puts it on top of Kingston, and he sits down on it. While Wheeler has him in, has a Kingston in an arm bar. And then Mox issues the challenge, blood and guts, at the TD Garden in Boston, July 19. There you go, folks. Now, who's replacing Danielson? Well, do we need to replace Danielson? Can it be a, could it not be a uh, a four on four? Because you know Takeshita's going to be in there, right? You yeah, have the elite. There you go. But Eddie Kingston is in there too. Hmm. I guess it'll depend on the status of a bunch of people and Kenny Omega and all of that. But uh, I, look, blood and guts matches are a signature, and this is going to rule. This is going to be brutal and violent. I'm looking forward to it. On a Wednesday night We get a hype reel for the uh, Men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Same one that we got at uh, Forbidden Door And then Jack Perry comes to the ring He says to stop the music He says we're never hearing Tarzan boy again because we've ruined it for him. Says he has a car ready to take him to the airport, and the crowd here will all be stuck with the wildfires. And I'm like, oh, that's that's not a good burn. Pun not intended. That's not a that's not a good that's uh, not a good burn here. Kind of lame actually Like Because I was sitting there And I was like Well yeah But aren't we all stuck With the wildfires (laughs) It's like You know It's destroying It's destroying the air quality In Chicago right now It's like I guess it depends Where you're going Are you going back to California I'm pretty sure There's some wildfires there too Like I You know but you're still going to be here stuck with the maple Leafs. But he's in Hamilton, you know, stuck with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. I don't even know if the Tiger, if the Thai Cats are any good. Anyway, look, I'm already thinking too much about this. Get, he gets in the ring. He says he's still young, chasing fat checks and banging the hottest bitch in the entire company. He says after everything he's done and given to this place and being robbed of not one, but two championship opportunities, he's not going to sit back and watch some entitled second-generation prick dangle his championship in his face. Of course, he's talking about Hook. Calls him a fraud. Says he never, he needed Hook. Jungle Hook was only worth anything because of him. Hook was lucky to be standing next to him. He knows... What the FTW title means to Hook and his family As he's talking to Taz now And that's exactly why he's going to take it from him Hook's music hits Comes down, Jungle Boy takes a powder Chases him through the crowd Cameras go backstage Jack Perry dives into the backseat of a car and runs off Drives off The car that was waiting for him you see Warren, oh yes, what did you think of Promo, did you not think he's excellent, no, (laughs) I don't know why I did that, no, listen, I don't, I, I, I was looking forward to seeing Jack Perry uh, 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 take over a heel mantle here, I was excited to see what he was going to do with it, I was, uh, uh, um, I really was excited. To see how he how he was going to undertake all of this, but uh, it turns out that um, it turns out that he didn't have much, did he? I thought it was I, this felt rehearsed, it felt contrived, didn't feel natural. Um, we are going to have to. Come to accept That Unless he keeps putting in the work And uh, you know We see in a couple of years from now But as it stands Right now I do not see The world championship ceiling In uh, In uh, uh, In Jack Perry Moving forward I don't think he's got it I think he's missing this crucial, essential part, which is picking up a mic and getting the crowd behind you, either for or against. And in a company where you have, um, arguably, not even arguably, objectively, some of the absolute best mic workers in all of pro wrestling, Around you, talking, cutting insane promos on a weekly basis. Or sometimes even from out of nowhere. There's no way Jack can keep up with this. Not unless he starts getting some legitimate lessons. Because this was not good. You know, if you're sitting. You know, I've seen a bunch of comments and thoughts. That said, oh, Jack Perry really showed me something tonight. I didn't see anything that instilled any confidence in Jack Perry as a top guy. Now, if he's Jack Perry mid card sensation, you know, running after the FTR title, the FTW title, excuse me, running after the FTW title, ah, it makes perfect sense to me. I'm okay with that. I think that. I think that I think we are seeing his ceiling in real time right now. And again, I I kind of feel alone here. But I don't see him progressing at this point. And it's not even a question of his in-ring work cuz Big Match Jack does show up. He's a what he, he is very good at professional wrestling. He is a very good professional wrestler. But I think his big drawback as being one of the pillars, one of these guys that Tony Khan says that this company is going to be built off of, one of these superstar talents that he's going to build, I, I don't see it. Sure, he's still young. I, I'll give you that. He's got time to progress and change, but right now in this snapshot in time in 2023, Jack Perry doesn't have the overall thing to make him a truly great professional wrestler, the one that everyone seems to believe he is. I don't see it. I think the best thing that can happen for him right now is what I spoke about on Tuesday on the uh, on the podcast. He should win the FTW title and then Christian Cage should come out and welcome him back to the fold. Come out arms wide open, give him a big hug, say word for word, "Welcome back, son." And then have have the delicious irony of having those three guys cage luchasaurus and perry back together as a trio as a as a unit with christian cage doing the talking and a smattering of jack perry here and there because here it was contrived everything was you could feel the moment that it, that were scripted Look around at the audience Right, The only organic moment that he had Was when he told the audience to shut up Because the audience was getting a little loud wor- It seemed to have worked With the Hamilton crowd But I'm looking at this and I'm like This is very Bog standard average stuff This is not a top guy We can, you know, as Alexa Bliss once told us, we can let this play out. We can see how it goes. And if if Jungle Boy does turn things around to become a, a top guy in the business, I will eat a hat. Not my hat. I like my hats, but I will eat a hat. Delicious hat. But not one of mine. I love my hats. I'm very particular about my hats. No one's going to come in and eat my hats. Are we clear? Especially not myself. So, moving on, we got Sammy Guevara doing his cue cards. And isn't this the wildest thing where, you know, Jungle Boy is now going to do the heel thing and again like i want to make this clear i am still very much a proponent of jack perry trying out the heel thing and it might take a little while for him to grow into it he might become a natural and i hope i eat these words i really do but i want to make clear that i'm still i'm still in support of a jack perry heel turn absolutely then after that, we get Sammy Guevara continuing his uh, his babyface turn. Which I still don't understand. I still don't get it. I don't know why TK wants to babyface this guy so hard. Ruby Soho defeated Alexia Nicole. This was supposed to be the quarterfinals for the Owen, but Britt got sick. Had a fever. Because she... She's making out with Adam Cole. This was a squash in the uh, in the true sense of the word. After the match, Ruby cuts a promo on Brit and it's uneven. You know, I, again, I'm like, what, what's wrong with the vibes of the show tonight? What is it that you know? She talks about Britt missing shows because of fevers, and you know how that makes her lame. And then I will say that I I. It makes me, I, I did get interested when she rekindled the idea of her feud from last year with Brit that was in the ON where Brit said that, you know, Ruby doesn't even know who she is kind of thing. But this was a little, it felt scattershot. I, I thought Ruby's delivery was okay. I think the content was scattershot. She says next week she's going to take Brit's opportunity from her in the Owen. Uh, Like I said Everything felt off Things really, really felt off In this show We get a recap of Anthony Bowen's uh, From uh, Rampage Wanted to make sure people saw that Because I think it is a great moment The audience chanting positively He is He He's gay. He is gay. That was great. And um, John Morrison is on my television set. And he says, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy are going to fight him and someone else from QTV on Friday. And I'm like, yeah. My God, man. Good. There's a combination of things That I could not care less about Johnny TV now Because it's QTV, see God, I hope Powerhouse Hobbs is, That they quietly ended all of this shit With Hobbs I hope he's away from this QTV nonsense Because throwing John Morrison in there I, Couldn't pay me to care And then the main event, the Tornado Tag Match, where Darby Allen and Sting defeated Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, the Sex Gods. This was a good match to finish up this this Dynamite, and, and a match that got that got real, real wild, right? Because I felt everything was pretty conventional at first, and you know you're setting the tone and whatnot. But once Sting climbs up that ladder, right? Darby Allen does a structure, he gets a couple of tables out. And uh, pulls up a ladder in the ring and, and you're like, oh shit, here goes Darby But no You get crazy old 64-year-old Sting who Climbs up the ladder and he tells Darby No, no, I got this While Sammy Guevara's on the tables on the floor Jumps right off them I loved this spot I loved it Sting shouldn't be doing this. You tell him. You tell him. You go up to this man and tell him, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, you know, it's like, well, shouldn't the producers have stepped in? Maybe they did. Maybe Tony have stepped in. Maybe he did. And maybe Sting is like, look, am I cleared to wrestle or not? Yes, you are. Okay, I'm doing it, all right? He walked away fine from it. And then, look, from the angle they had it, we'll agree, the bump looked pretty ugly, right? The way his head sort of janked back on impact, it didn't look great. But... Because they're out of butt. But um, he walks away. What did he say with a wiggly tooth and some stitches for his lip? That's not so bad. It's not bad. You know, it's a bad fall. It's pro wrestling. I, people keep telling me it's not ballet. But the people who say it's pro wrestling, it's not ballet, when it comes to AEW, I find, they don't pull that one quite often. It's like, oh, this is uh, horrible and a mishmash. And people should be... And yet, these are the same people who will tell you it's not ballet, pal. And I've said this before, but I feel it's been a while. Let me remind you that people who do ballet are fucking tougher than you. Because I've known people who have done ballet, men and women, and they are the most physically toned, Tough sons of bitches out there. I would like to see you. It looks delicate. That's the idea. But I would like to see you or any pro wrestler try to fucking do what they do. The I understand where the comparison comes from. But when you think or what it's supposed to mean, I should say. But when you think about it for more than two to three seconds you start to understand that no uh, ballet dancers are insanely fit and trained and strong and have incredible uh, uh, cardio and endurance they put their bodies through hell to do what they do trust me it's not ballet look you know the you know the thing right here right so You'll have a bunch of pro-clutchers who'll be saying, uh, oh, he got hurt, but then in a couple of weeks, they're gonna pull out the, it's not ballet to defend their own promotion or whatnot, which is a stupid argument because it is not ballet. It is, that's right, you're right. It is pro wrestling. And this kind of shit happens in pro wrestling. Now, was I sitting on my chair with my hands over my head saying, in Jesus Christ Sting"? Yes, I was. And it was cool And if you don't think that Sting doesn't realize it Doesn't realize that this is the reaction that he's getting then I don't know what to tell you. You must be new to pro wrestling as well This ruled Darby Allin ollies onto Chris Jericho with his skidboard And he blades, Chris Jericho does, after a ladder spot and then Jericho uh, Jericho puts sting into the walls, but sting cracks a bat over his head to get out of it because it's a tornado tag match, right? So there's no uh, there's no uh, rope breaks. A stinger splash by sting. a code breaker by Chris Jericho. Scorpion death drop and a scorpion death lock. make it happen for sting for the win. He's nuts. He's just nuts. And, you know, if this was a do-over for the trios match from Forbidden Door, I think this was successful. This was very good. And Sting is nuts. And they leaned a lot more into the fact that Sting and Chris Jericho were sharing a ring at the for, for the first time. It's like, in that confusing promo that Jericho uh, cut earlier in the evening, he said it himself. He said... Uh, you know, he said Sting and Jericho in the ring together. It should be on TBS. It should be commentated by Tony Schiavone. And then you're like, yeah, all right, this is this is a cool callback. This is fun. This is the kind of shit that I'm into. And they gave it some time. Is this, you know, one of Sting's longest like one on one? exchanges that he's had in in aew i think so and it was worth it but sting is nuts he's nuts he's completely nuts and i do think that they're you know look maybe you know we're not privy to all sorts of conversations maybe sting has had weirder ideas or more dangerous ideas than the ones he's been pulling out here, and they've all been retconned and not retconned but vetoed. And hopefully, because he comes off as completely unhinged when he does this kind of shit, and it's great. Just one spot like that, bit of an accident, got busted his bottom lip, might have to get some dental work done. That's the worst that comes out of it? Okay. Wasn't it Tiger Driver 91? But uh, one last thought before we wrap this up. I think Chris Jericho has to start winning matches now. And I know there's a lot of people right here who just groaned with me saying these, these words. But hear me out. I think the last time Chris Jericho has won a feud is when he... Uh, Was in that feud with Eddie Kingston That sort of ended, you know In a bit of a wet fart I think that's the last time All he does is put people over And that was his thing, you know It's Chris Jericho, it's the dastardly heel He's, uh, you know, he's a terrible person And, you know, everyone wants to see him get his comeuppance But Adam Cole... Adam Cole and uh, 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 and Ricky Starks and so many others have all been put over by Chris Jericho. He's been losing. He's got losing records in AEW. So if if the idea of top heel Chris Jericho puts over people to get them, uh, you know, get them in a, a, in a, in a position to win kind of thing. To, to elevate them, to make them come across as a big deal. Well, he has to get back to getting some heat back. He has to start winning some matches and he has to start winning some feuds. Because right now we are really on the cusp of, oh, well, it's Chris Jericho. He's not going to win this. And I know... For the oodles and oodles of Jericho haters out there, this sounds sacrilegious, but observably, observably, Chris Jericho has been doing nothing but putting people over in this company. He has been consistent. He's been great at doing that. Making sure people get some kind of rub off of this. Nothing but great. But if we want this to continue to be successful, if we want, you know, if we want another star to get, to, to, to get an elevation, to get a boost, Want that to be successful? Chris Jericho has to start winning again. He really does. And, you know, you can let your feelings about Chris Jericho uh, cloud your judgment as much as you want, but the facts are there, and they're there, and it's observable, and it's quantifiable. And things that happen to, like, Ricky Starks suddenly getting... getting cooled down, deep pushed whatever you want to call it. Gets cooled down a little bit. That's not Chris Jericho's fault. That's on Tony Khan. Because Chris Jericho did everything to get that kid over. Every match that Chris Jericho has had, one-on-one with uh, Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho has lost. So, if the follow-up stinks, it ain't Jericho's fault. You can't put that on him. That's the truth. Sorry to say. There you have it. Um, A very mediocre dynamite. Two very good matches, but... Sandwich between them, the, you know, the sloppiest of sloppy joes. And I like sloppy joes. So, you know, a sloppy joe with, uh, you know, defrosted and refrosted, then defrosted ground chuck. And with ketchup, without really any, that's the sauce, without any real like spices or Make it taste good. Just like, you know, just rolling in your mouth as you're chewing it. That kind of sloppy Joe. Not a good sloppy Joe. Anyway, look, uh, maybe Collision will be better. Maybe this is Collision's ticket to becoming the A Show. Uh, Speaking of Collision, I will be back on Sunday for uh, my Collision Report uh, review. It's not a report. It's a review. Uh, So we'll be doing that, of course, on Sunday, the day after. And uh, I will also be back on Tuesday for another edition of the Mr. Warren Hay Show. We're going to be reviewing Money in the Bank 2023. Uh, So that'll be something. (laughs) But in the meantime, uh, leave a like if you haven't already. Uh, and a subscription on YouTube as well would be great. Uh, Some five-star ratings and five-star reviews on the podcast side of things would be great. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Thank you once again for listening, and I will see you next time.